Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is the Georgette Hayer podcast. And this week we're talking about... Sylvester. Yeah. So to begin at the beginning, um, Sylvester, oh god, he doesn't come across that well, does he? He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because like the first scene, mm. uh, one of the first scenes is him talking to his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where he's decided he wants to get married. Yeah, partly to keep her company, for someone yeah. to keep her company. And someone for Edmund. Oh yeah, so Edmund his doesn't nephew, yeah. get ideas above the station and think he might inherit. Yeah, um, and and it's because it's what is owed to his station. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I think she does a really good portrait of him at the beginning. Yeah. Very carefully done, and you sort of learn lots about him from what's not said. Yeah, definitely. As well as what is said. Um, and the kind of... The slightly worried glances that his mum gives him, this kind of little insight into yeah. his, the hardness of his character. Yeah, but it's interesting because in the same in that first chapter, you get that hardness about mm. him, but you also get the softness as oh, well. Yeah. You get him so loving you get, his nephew. Yeah, and his mother. Yeah, very, very fond of his mother, very fond of his nephew. Mm. So you get all of that knowledge in that first in that first chapter. Mm. I think that's true. So in terms of the plot, yeah, okay. Sylvester decides that he wants a wife, and he's got like five. He's got a short list, hasn't he? Oh yeah, there's quite a good um, bit in the beginning where he's listing the qualities of yeah. that he expects in his wife. Yeah, I like to think that if this was the time of spreadsheets, he would have had a spreadsheet. Yes, he would have done. Yeah, um, yeah, and some sort of point system, I think. Yeah, yeah. In the in oh, the book, so he this, to set this up. He's been to his um, his mother. Um, about wanting to find a wife and she's starting to get a little bit worried um, I think because of, of the things that you're saying about um, about how he's how he's going about trying to find a wife mm. I think at this point she still thinks that he's got one person in mind mm-hmm. um, so you may laugh mama but you'll agree that certain qualities are indispensable she must be well born for instance I don't mean necessarily a great match but a girl of my own order Ah, yes, I agree with that. And next? Well, a year ago I should have said she must be beautiful, he replied meditatively. She's not a beauty, thought the Duchess. But I'm inclined to think now that it's more important that she should be intelligent. I don't think I could tolerate a hen-witted wife. Besides, I don't mean to force another fool on you. I'm very much obliged to you, she said, a good deal entertained. Clever, but not beautiful. Very well, continue. No, some degree of beauty I do demand. She must have a countenance at least. And the sort of elegance which you have, Mamma. Don't try to turn my head, you flatterer. Have you discovered amongst the debutantes one who is endowed with all these qualities? At first glance, I supposed a dozen, but in the end, only five. Five? <laughs> well, only five with whom I could perhaps bear to spend the large part of my life. There's Lady Jane Saxby, she's pretty and good natured, and there's um, Barningham's daughter, she has a great deal of vivacity, and Miss Bellaby is a handsome girl with a little reserve, which I don't dislike, and Mary Torrington. Oh, Diamond of the First Water. And lastly, Miss Orton. She's uh, not a beauty, but quite taking and has agreeable manners. He paused, his gaze still fixed on the smouldering logs. The Duchess waited expectantly, and he looked up presently and smiled at her. Well, Mama, he said affably, which of them shall it be? So um, you have this, and, and she's very worried by this, isn't she? Because and he definitely assumes that any of them are his for the, for the asking. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's 
obviously that she's obviously worried about yeah. that he seems to think that he's got the pick of any of them and to be fair mm. he probably does oh yeah 99%. because he's a duke yeah he's a duke he's got money yeah you know he's got that position in the world mm-hmm. he's not unhandsome though we should mention his eyebrows oh he's got some interesting eyebrows hasn't he yeah the, slanting dark yeah. like a tiger i can't really picture it i can't imagine yeah. anybody who's got that i'm picturing natalie portman's eyebrows on a man yeah. which doesn't really make sense in my head yeah but they say like he's got the same eyebrows as his mother and she was a beauty in her day yeah. so maybe it looks worse on him because he's got this satire look hasn't he yeah yeah so having had this chat with his mama i think he mentions at some point he asks her you know did you never do any matchmaking yeah and she's oh only in your cradle mm. and she had a dear friend verena um and she has a daughter phoebe mm. yeah marlo and we know that Verena's dead. Yeah. Yes. And so this seems to him like a perfect yeah. scenario. I mean, he's not hes not an idiot. He's not just committing it to it straight away. Mm. He's kind of saying, I'll go and have a look at her. Yeah. Check her out. Yeah, if she's okay, I'll go for it. Keep mum happy. Yeah. Which again, slightly odd. But he doesn't really like, put his mum in the loop on that plan, does he? He just kind no. of decides to go and check her out. Yeah, she, in case he doesn't like her and then he'll have to upset his mum in saying that she's Yeah, so she's got no idea what he's going to do after that. He's just... Yeah. He, I think she's just slightly worried about his attitude towards the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So he's quite a cynical character, isn't he? Yeah. Definitely cynical about love. Mm. Uh, and um, so I think we should say as well, his brother, his twin brother died. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... Harry? Yeah, Harry. And I think throughout the book, we re- realise that he, um, a lot of his reserve mm. is about about that sadness of Harry dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he cut himself off a little bit yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, because that, that that's still a big sadness yeah. in think, his life. I think he needs that bit of history, because otherwise his character is less yeah. easy to accept. Yeah, yeah. So he has that underlying sadness. Yeah. So he's got this plan to go and see Phoebe Marlowe, see if she might be a suitable bride. So he goes off to a hunting party where her father is, I think. Yeah. And they get talking and um, the dad invites him back to his home so that he has a chance to look over Phoebe, but under the excuse of looking over a horse. Yeah. I mean, very similar things those days, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is that. And I think that is even said in the book, isn't it? He's just looking her over like a... A young oh, filly. Yeah, and then deciding that she wasn't up to his weight. Yeah. Great. Uh, but that's very much what he does. Yeah. yeah. By the time he gets to visit the Marlowe's house mm. in the country, Wiltshire, I think, mm. um, he's already, his back is up yeah. a little bit yeah. because Marlowe's not a particularly intelligent man. He's very good mm-hmm. with horses. Um, he feels like he's been put into a bit of a corner. He's the only person that has been invited, which is not very subtle. Yeah. It hasn't been done subtly, has it? Yeah, no, Sylvester clearly had an idea about how it should be done, that he would drop a couple of hints and everyone would just rush to do exactly how they somehow psychically knew he wanted yeah. them to behave. And when they didn't, yeah, he he showed up at Phoebe's home willing to be displeased. Yeah. And yeah. he really like, went to town on criticising everything. I think at one point he says as well, like, he imagined that they even had a female cook. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and But then, so actually, he's been to far 
um, less grand yeah. establishments yeah. that mm. his friends might own mm. or gone to visit his friends that wouldn't have um, the same sort of wealth as he does, mm. and he's fine with that. Yeah. So, again, you get this thing of with his friends and his in- intimates, he mm. is um, a nice, jovial yeah. person, um, but he's got this aloofness with strangers. I think although they get off to a bad start at Phoebe's home, he does actually see something worth exploring a little bit further in her, I think. Yeah. Like when her stepmother isn't around, mm. which makes Phoebe feel very watched and scared, and so she ends up clamming up or just coming yeah. across as not very interesting. So you talk about Phoebe a bit, because yeah. so, um, in, in the meantime, while he's with um, you know in the hunting party, mm. and we're introduced to Phoebe, mm-hmm. um, who lives with her father and her stepmother and her sisters, mm-hmm. half-sisters. And we learn that she is very scared of Lady Marlowe, isn't she? Yeah, with good reason. They, She's the, horrible. The book makes very casual mention of whippings and solitary confinement. Yeah. 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 And she's and also, there's that, but also psychological damage of oh, yeah. no, absolutely no affection oh, yeah. shown to her. Yeah, but kind of a gruff kind of affection from her dad. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, yes, and then there's Miss Battery. I love Miss Battery. She's great. Yeah, who is her governess, um, and she does not come across well when she is with her mm. mother-in-law mm. because she, yeah, she basically cowed by her, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. It's quite I think a sad thing. It's definitely it's quite is. surprised that she's sort of grown up with a bit of spirit in her, isn't it? Yeah, because she's an entirely different person when her stepmother is around. And mm. She's a lovely, vivacious brave person in in that respect yeah I think the end of the book is quite interesting bit where lady sorry the duchess Duchess shows her some affection yeah and she just bursts into tears because um stepmother is horrible to her yeah um Mrs Battery is quite gruff yeah but not affectionate nice but not affectionate yeah um her lady Ingham the grandmama the grandmama again is quite um not an affectionate lady not a you know, yeah. not a big hugger, not, you know, not... Mm. So she hasn't had any sort of female... Yeah. So all it thing. takes is the Duchess saying, like, one nice thing to her and she just crumbles into a yeah. bag of tears. And I thought, I it's really quite, felt for her at that yeah. point. Yeah, Phoebe's life is quite sad. But she has got a bit of spirit. Yeah. Oh. And that's what I think what Salford, or Sylvester, likes in her, mm. starts to see a bit of a bit of that mm. vivacity, a bit of that, mm. um, yeah, spirit. So not only is Sylvester not particularly pleasant when he arrives at the Marlowe's home, Phoebe also has to contend with the issue that she wrote him into a novel. Yeah, of course, yes. Which is the main the main plot twist of the book, isn't it? Yes, so Phoebe is a secret secret author. Yeah, which has um, been encouraged by Miss Battery. Yes, so she had one season in London um, where she didn't take particularly well, probably because her stepmother was around and she was cowed. Um, but she came back with all this insight into the characters of the day yeah. and she wrote them beautifully into a novel called The yeah. Lost Air. The Lost Air. My goodness, I want to read The Lost Air <laughs> after this. Surely someone's written I know, so I think there must be some fan fiction about this. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, uh, there is a the, the villain of the piece is Count Ugolino. Yes. And she bases him on Sylvester. Yeah. Partly just because of his eyebrows being sinister. Yeah. And also a little bit because he was arrogant with yeah. her when he, he, he met she, her. He 
cuts her, doesn't he? So he they dance they 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 dance together at a yeah. ball, and then the next time he sees her, he ignores her. Uh, yeah, he's just forgotten her. Yeah, he's probably done that to hundreds oh. of girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she decided this was a good enough reason for to make him the villain yeah. of her novel. Yeah, and that probably would have been okay. But rather unfortunately, she spun this story where he was the uncle of a of a boy. Um, who is abusing horribly and stealing away from his mother. Yeah. But there are just too many similarities, yeah. too many parallels. And she doesn't realise this when she's no. writing it. No. But that doesn't mean Sylvester lets her off the hook no. later no. on. So, yeah, she, she's in a situation where she thinks she's going to get forced to marry a guy who she's written a novel where he's the villain. That is definitely awkward. So Major orcs. Major orcs. She decides that with the help of her best friend, Thomas Ord, who we love... Who we love, uh, who is very much a brother yeah, figure yeah. to Phoebe. Yeah, he's, he's just a delight. He is kind, he is funny, boy. he's good with small children. I love Tom. Yeah. Um, Definite so, spin-off for uh, Tom. Yeah. 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 Um, so Tom um, agrees to help her escape. So they run off in at the beginning of the day. I was about to say in the middle of the night. It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> First thing in the morning. morning. <laughs> and... Um, they're escaping and she's going to go to Lady Ingham, her grandmama. Yes. Not realising that, that um, her grandma had actually Sent, encouraged uh, Sylvester yeah, to, go to go and propose to her. Um, but on the way to London, uh, there's a donkey. Yeah. And there's a snowstorm as well, there's isn't there? There's a snowstorm, yeah. yeah. And they end up in a ditch. Tom's injured. He's broken his leg. Yeah. Horse is injured. Yeah, yeah. Trust they somehow get to an inn. Yeah, they do. It's, it's nearby. Um, they get to an inn. And they're kind of holed up in there, waiting for a doctor to arrive. They're a bit yeah. stuck. And then, well, let's leave that bit there for the moment. Back at the Marlowe's. Yeah. Tom's Miss, mum. Yeah, Mrs. Ord. Mrs. Ord shows up with a letter from Tom, which maybe didn't clarify exactly what was going on. It was on a badly written well. letter. Was, yeah. So she shows up and, oh my God, she's obviously got some grudge against, or a yeah. series of grudges against Lady Marlowe, yeah. and she, this is her opportunity to let rip, and she goes for it. I, I would love to actually, because all the, the accusations and the criminations aren't really laid out in the text. No. You just hear it from Sylvester's point of view, and he's he's saying, oh my God, it was amazing, and I will commit this to memory as one of the best things I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah past grudges come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And basically this is all Lady Marlowe's fault for forcing a being horrible to yeah. Phoebe and forcing her into this marriage and look what's happened yeah. now my son has run off they think they've eloped don't they they think they've gone yeah. to the border yeah because one of the sisters the horrible sister Eliza your sister yeah. well young yeah. says that they over said that she overheard them talking about Gretna Green yeah which they did a little bit but not seriously yeah Tom very bravely kind of said oh, 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 I'll marry it's got you. to be Gretna <laughs> yeah and they said oh actually no we no. can just go to my grandmama in London it seemed like a better plan so they all think that they've run off yeah and then so Salford um, well he's chopped to bits isn't he because yeah. suddenly he, he's, he's out of a it. perfect excuse not to not to stick around and he just says right great I'm off and rides off and then he <laughs> on the journey he sees his carriage yeah in a ditch and he kind of figures out that it's probably Tom and Phoebe yeah. so he goes to investigate so he shows up at the inn and Phoebe's there distraught she doesn't know how to help her no, best friend who's really injured and Sylvester kind of comes to the rescue and at this point Sylvester still thinks that um that they're eloping and he lends some 
help and he yeah. stays in the inn as well. Yep. But the snow's coming down thick and fast. Yeah. So they're all stuck there, yeah. basically, oh, aren't they? Georgette Hayat loves a snowstorm and an inn, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she does actually. Yeah. It's a good way of keeping people in yep. one place. Intimacy. Yeah. Totally works. Yeah. So they're stuck there for quite a while. And then their relationship. We see their yeah. relationship develop. He gets time to see her away from her stepmother. I mean, yeah. they, they butt heads a little bit, but they definitely form a bond as well. Yeah. So their relationship really develops in the end, doesn't it? Mm. And so we, we and Phoebe see another side to, to Sylvester yeah. and quite um, a funny side. Mm. Um, and one that appreciates the ridiculous and there's a good bit um, a good bit in it with uh, Miss Scaling who is the landlady's daughter oh yeah um, and she's talking about um, and she just bought the food mm. um, and she's saying about um, he's saying about wanting something else for dinner um, anyway so this is um, this is Alice Scaling you're welcome if you do, said Miss Scaling, setting, setting down the dishes on the table with hearty goodwill. And no need to fear of going short tomorrow, because you're going to have a boiled turkey. I shall wring his neck first thing in the morning, and into the pot he'll go the instant he's plucked and drawed. That way you won't eat tough, she explained. We hadn't meant to have killed him, but Mother says that Jukes is more important than the gobblecock, even if he is a prime young'un. And after that we'll have Mr Shap's pig off him. And there'll be the legs and the cheeks and the loin and the chitterings and all your honour. No, your grace. I do I do be forgetting, she said, beaming apologetically. It makes no difference what you call me, but pray do not wring your turkey's neck on my account, he said, with a quelling glance against at Phoebe, who showed every sign of succumbing to unseemly giggles. What's a turkey? said Miss Scaling, in a large-minded spirit. Happen we can come across another of them, but Jukes ain't found after uh, under every bush that's what mother says <laughs> I, I really like Alice Scaling yeah she's a good character and we sort of see I think that it shows that he's uh, it almost makes him human doesn't it yeah he can have the mick taken taken out of him a little bit and yeah. he's um he can take it yeah yeah and then Tom's dad arrives doesn't he yeah He's the, the snow is finally abated and Tom's dad is the first through the snow. Sylvester at this point knows that... Um, oh, that Phoebe and Tom Phoebe are not. Phoebe are not, yeah. So yeah. I think Tom tells Sylvester that mm. that's not the case. And that really puts his back up, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't mind her running away when it was because she was already in love with someone. But just because she didn't like him, that's not a good enough excuse as far as he's concerned. And he sort of vows at that point that he's going to make her fall in love with him yeah. and we have that with a few of the male yeah uh, hair characters don't we where it's the is the chase that is mm. uh, yeah that they like and it's that they they, re- they don't like women yeah they don't like it when um a woman rejects them yeah yeah and so he vows to make her fall in love with him mm-hmm. uh, but i think she is very clear-sighted yeah and that's knows his game absolutely she's onto him she's onto i think she has very accurate assessments of people's characters very early on whenever she meets them she kind of she gets them pegged yeah straight away and she knows early on what sylvester's up to 
but she can also see the benefits of having him as a friend yeah. in London society. So she lets herself go along with it. I think she thinks she's safer from falling in love with him than she actually is. Yeah. She thinks she's like, oh, I'm immune because I know what he's up to. But mm, no, she, she yeah. does develop a tundra. Yeah. Do you know, there's something a little bit Pride and Prejudice about it because she has this thing about him that he's a very proud yeah. man who um yeah who who's he was cynical and who is arrogant mm-hmm. and can only really see that part of him as well doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily see the good part yeah. well he doesn't let of him. many people no, see his good part maybe not maybe not and then he is yeah he is very proud and he yeah. he develops throughout the book yeah so anyway so they are um so then mr Ord turn, turns up he's already said to phoebe that he will get her to London. Sylvester's mm-hmm. already said he will get to London. Mm. It all turns up thinking that he's going to take Phoebe home because that's what he's promised Lord Marlowe. Yeah, trying to put a spanner in the works there. Um, but then Sylvester gets gets her away. He doesn't. doesn't yeah, he run. sneaks off with her, which is lovely, and takes her to London. Yeah, gets somebody to. Keely takes her. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Takes so her to London. Keely yeah. takes her to London. And he comes back and has a confrontation with the squire, which is one of those moments where um, the squire quite quite reasonably tells him off yeah. for having, you know, secreted Phoebe away. And Sylvester, Tom sees Sylvester get on his high ropes and get yeah. ready to have a go at his dad, and Tom steps in to and, stop him. And Sylvester realises that he's done this. Yeah. That he obviously... Tom thinks that he's about to get on his high ropes. Yeah. And... Um, and Sylvester recognises the intervention yeah. and and feel I feel bad feels bad mm. about that because he doesn't recognise it's something that he does. Yeah. He hasn't really got a good insight mm. into how he can appear very aloof mm. and yeah, reserved. Yeah. He puts that barrier up. I, I also like that protective side of Tom. Yeah. I think that's rather adorable. They speak, yeah, they've got dad. a nice relationship, that family, haven't they? Yeah, they seem really nice. Yeah, I guess there's no story in a nice family. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Phoebe's in London. Tom's with his family. Phoebe's doing much better in London this time round. She's been dressed nicely. Yes. Yeah. She's cared for. Yep. She's um, got some good... Lady Ingham has dressed her. There's, mm. So she's... Um, She's feeling a lot more confident, I think. Yeah, and I think Lady Ingham has presented her as an unusual girl. Yeah, and that's she's kind of marketed her in a in a more effective way. Yeah, I don't think there's a there's there's a bit in the book about that where it's like, well, if she's if she's not a beauty, mm. um, then pretty much she's got to be an unusual girl <laughs> to be interesting yeah. at all. Yeah, she's got a thing. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't hurt having the attention of Sylvester as well. No, certainly. I think there's a bit where it says that you know she she never has to be worried about not having a dance partner because yeah. Sylvester singles her out and then every other guy kind of follows his lead. Yeah. But while she's down in London, the Lost Air comes out. Yes, because yeah, because it's being published yeah. and um, and she does try to make yeah. the change in the book. Yeah. To take out the eyebrows, <laughs> yeah. the description of the eyebrows, because that won't that will mean it's not recognisable oh, so as he gets to have Sylvester. Eyebrows, just not those eyebrows. Yeah, just not those eyebrows. Okay, cool. I would like um, a villain with no eyebrows. That would be more scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the book's been published, and it is it has hit the tumbler. Oh, it's a runaway success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 
everybody's talking about it everyone's talking about who the author authoress yeah. might be yeah um and sylvester's away at this point I isn't he's he? his mum because ianth the sister-in-law came down to london and he was worried that his mother and his mum had been left alone so ianth is down in london and she's read the book and she is convinced that she is the one of the heroic yeah. characters She's the sister, isn't yeah. she, of the of the lost heir, the yeah. boy, yeah. So she's talking to Phoebe about it and and saying how exactly like the villain Sylvester is and how the, how the author is, is obviously kind of no, known the story of their family. Yeah. And Phoebe's so guilty and, and she, she can't help but give away the fact that, well, she says that she knows who the author is. Ianth correctly assumes that actually, no, it's just Phoebe. Phoebe is the author. Yeah. And, and she denies it. Yeah, Phoebe denies it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's not believed. Go. Yeah, so she obviously tells a few people, and before you know it, London's got wind of the fact that the author of this book is Phoebe Marlowe, or at least everyone's pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, and this book has um, has has taken the mick out of a lot of yeah a lot of the polite mm. world, hasn't mm. it? So there's a lot of people who are quite upset with her. Yeah. about that they cut they give her a cut yes although i think a lot of them i think some of them were done quite kindly or not so people like sir nugent wouldn't even have minded his his portrait yeah i don't yeah i don't think it's really like a vicious mm, no look. but no one likes to have no. that do they no so like said about them phoebe's obviously waiting in trepidation for sylvester to come down to london mm. and find out what his view on this is and the castle raised ball yes yes so at this point i lose a lot of sympathy for sylvester because he descends on this ball Mm. and he um apparently we find out later that he'd gone there with good intentions he was going to dance with phoebe keep it very cool very civil take her out for a drive the next day and everyone would think okay it's not phoebe they're obviously fine with each other this was a non-starter but his emotions get the best of him which is probably something that doesn't happen very often and he has a massive go at her in the middle of the dance floor with everyone staring at them yeah so but he is keeping it oh yeah he's saying all these horrible things to her yeah with his cold smile on his face yeah in cold smile but he is smiling and to outward appearances he is just dancing with somebody and yeah. he's smiling away yeah. and he's just saying these awful things about yeah. her being a jay yeah. and um but she must be falling apart and she is falling apart yeah because we know that she can't take that kind of criticism because of her stepmother yeah yeah let's have a look at that passage actually so they're in the middle of the dance floor they're dancing their waltz and sylvester says you have written a romance that has set the tongue by the ears feet indeed very clever miss marlowe but could you find no better name for me than ugolino you're mistaken quite mistaken she stammered don't lie to me believe me your face betrays you did you suppose i should not guess the truth i'm not a fool and i have a tolerably good memory or did you think i should not read your book if that was so you have been unfortunate i might not have read it had my mother not desired me to do so she wished not unnaturally to know what i had done to arouse such enmity whom it was i had so bitterly offended i was quite unable to answer the first of her questions the second, I must confess, found me equally at a loss until I had read your book. I could have answered it then, of course, had I chosen to do so. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, she whispered in an anguished tone. Don't hang your head. Do you wish the whole room to know what I'm saying to you? 
she raised it. I tried to alter it, but it was too late. I ought never to have done it. I don't know, never dreamed. How can I explain to you? What can I say? Oh, there's a great deal you might say, but it is quite unnecessary to do so. There is only one thing I am curious to know. Attacks my memory as I may, I cannot find the answer. What did I do, Miss Marlowe, to deserve to be set in the pillory? Nothing, nothing. And they talked for a little while longer. And yeah, he's still having a go at her. Like, this is a drawn-out argument yeah. that they're having in the middle of the dance floor. And she says, Oh, stop, stop. I never meant for you to do you an injury. I might as easily have made you the model for my hero. Ought I be grateful? Is it beyond your comprehension that to discover myself figuring in a novel, and if you will forgive me, such a novel, in any guise, is an experience I find nauseating? You might have endowed me with every virtue imaginable, but I should still have considered it a piece of intolerable impertinence. She was beginning to feel as physically sick as she had so often felt when rated by her stepmother. Take me back to my grandmother, she begged. I don't know why you've asked me to dance for you. Could you not have chosen another occasion to say what you wished to me? And then, basically, she runs off. And then she runs off, yeah. Making a bigger scene. Yeah. You see, I know, obviously, that is not a nice thing to do. But he's so angry. Oh, yeah. And I do do sort of understand that. He's just, he's so angry. and Mm. And we know, so he's in love with her. Yeah. At this point as well. And so he's angry about being put in that book. He's angry about... Um, someone seeing it being recognisable, mm. the portrait mm. that she has drawn of him as mm. this arrogant yeah. person. It's humiliating for him, isn't it? It's so humiliating, and it and it, I think it's um, it puts a mirror yes up for him as mm. well, mm. and he doesn't see himself like that. Mm. He doesn't see himself as this I think arrogant he's person. Beginning to get a few doubts in his mind yeah. that actually maybe isn't the man he thought he was. So all of London's talking about this castaway ball. Yeah. Um, but Lady Ingham comes up with a cunning plan, and that is to whisk Phoebe off to Paris. Yeah. It's actually Georgiana, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the, it is. Who's Sylvester's cousin. Yeah, she sounds um, nice. Yeah, she's nice. And Sylvester introduces her to Phoebe earlier in the book, mm-hmm. and they become friends. Mm-hmm. And um, and Georgiana goes the day after, I think, the ball, mm. the ball. Georgiana goes to Lady Ingham. Lady Ingham is very upset about the whole thing. Mm, yeah. She feels she's done a lot of work to try and, yeah. and make people think that Phoebe didn't write the book. Mm-hmm. And this has just shown everybody that she did. Well, yeah, Lady Ingham was going around that ball saying, oh, you're ridiculous if you think that Phoebe wrote it. And yeah. then, bam. Yeah. Oh, so she is justifiably yeah. put out. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then so Georgiana said, why don't I take her to France? Yes, which Lady Ingham, she was kind of thinking about going to Paris anyway, yeah. wasn't she? But she wanted a male escort. Oh, hold on, that sounds bad. Um, she wanted a man to escort her to Paris. Yeah? Yeah, that's better? right. Um, but she can't think of who that might be until she thinks about Tom Ward. Tom Ward, yeah. Perfect, perfect person to yeah. accompany someone. Phoebe feels comfortable with him. He needs a bit of tan bronze. Yeah. So that'll help. So off they go. Yeah, he doesn't sound the most um, pleased about this offer. To no, begin no, with, does he, he doesn't want to do this at all. <laughs> he doesn't want tan bronze. He doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to deal with the French. No, um, which is fair enough. But he does it because he is a good boy who yeah, knows his he's duty. He's a nice young man. They set out, I think, with a massive cavalcade of baggage, don't they? Yeah. 
And then when they arrive in Dover, there's like the, the slightest breeze and yeah. Lady Ingham refuses to sail. Yeah, she does not want a, a choppy journey, does yeah. she? So she's basically refusing to mm. to get on the boat unless it's a very smooth passage. Yeah, and they're stuck in Dover. Yeah. In his inn for a few days. Yes. Which leads to the next interesting development in the plot. So Tom excitedly calls down Phoebe to come and see something that's going on in the docks. So they're trying to put a huge, great big carriage, I yes. think, on a boat. Yes, it's it's tan in colour, it's got powder blue it leather rip, seats it inside to yeah. match Ian's eyes. Because yes, it turns out that this carriage is the property of Sir Nugent Fotherby, who... Is uh, the affianced husband of... Oh, they're married at this point, aren't oh, they? Oh yeah, they are, yeah, yeah, so they've got married. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Ianth, who is Sylvester's sister-in-law... Mm. Um, not anymore, I guess. Um, hmm. Married Sonia Fotherby. Yeah. And run off with their son, well, her son, Edmund. But Edmund is the ward of Sylvester, so they are not legally allowed to do that. No. No. So he's yeah, he's his legal guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that happened a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about that afterwards, about how fair that was. But mm. um, she, yes, yeah, so they, they're taking... Um, they're running off to France. And she's kind of inspired by the lost heir, isn't yes, she? So yes, in yeah. that book, they escape from Count Aglino on a boat and they arrive in a land where they're safe. Yeah. And... she was quite a, a stupid lady, isn't she? Yeah, she has no redeeming qualities as far as I can tell. No. Which makes the whole, um, you know, she's not the child's legal guardian mm. and is not allowed to take him away where she wants to mm. um, a little bit easier to take doesn't it I think what makes that easiest to bear is that you don't really get the impression she actually wants to be with him and he's not particularly attached to her no definitely not so Sir Nugent Fotherby is (laughs) managing to get this carriage on the boat eventually and uh, Yance and Edmund are inside inside the boat um, and Phoebe sees what's going on and she, she works out what's happening. She realizes well. what's happening. And yeah. she feels really responsible for it as well. And she thinks that in some small way she can make it up to Sylvester if she manages to stop his ward from being kidnapped. Yeah. So her and Tom board the boat and they go downstairs and talk to, to Yanth. Um, unfortunately, while they're trying to persuade her to do the right thing, Sir Nugent Fullerby, um commands the captain to set, set sail. Set sail, yeah. So now, um, and they haven't got any baggage with them. No, um, he does. Tom has the passports, but he's got everyone's passports. Everyone's passports. <laughs> you know, she learned when they got the boat. Yeah, um, and they, yeah, they're very unhappy. Yeah, but not as unhappy as Edmund, who is horribly travels. Yeah, bless him. So, and he's just puking his guts up, isn't he? And um, his mum isn't feeling very great. I think she's got like influenza or something, hasn't she? Yeah, um, yeah. I think she's feeling trouble sick as well, but then she later has yeah, oh, right, influenza, yeah. but yeah. Um, um, but luckily, Phoebe's there yeah. to take control. I think one of nothing. the things that shows what kind of mother Hunt um, is, is the fact that Phoebe asks for a night, oh, yeah. um, night dress oh, for yeah. Edmund, and she hasn't got anything like that for him. Yeah. She hasn't bought anything for Edmund um, for the journey or... Yeah, and she's kind of saying, "Oh, well, I couldn't, I couldn't pack stuff. It would have raised um, but they suspicion." Have tons of stuff. Uh, yeah, and yeah. So she went on massive shopping spree and bought loads of clothes for herself, and didn't nothing for Edmund. Edmund. Yeah, 
Not uh, right. Yeah. So Phoebe then starts to see it's her duty to look after Edmund, yeah. whatever happens. Yeah. They have a horrible journey. Mm. Um, oh, and there's a very... So, so, so Nugent, um, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Well, mm. he's a stupid man. Yeah, but he is quite... He's funny and he's yeah. not a bad-hearted man, is he? I don't, no, I don't think he's bad-hearted. He's just... Um, he likes to flash his wealth, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's quite silly. He doesn't want Edmund either. No. Um, he's just a he's just a stupid man, yeah. isn't he? He's a fop of the highest order. But there's um, there's a scene which just shows. It's quite a funny scene which sums up um, Sir Nugent mm. um, with Edmund and the button. Oh yeah. So we should say at this point that um, Edmund. Um, has a nurse mm-hmm. um, called Mrs. Button, mm-hmm. presumably, and um, this lady obviously is a mother figure oh, yeah. to Edmund, mm-hmm. as lots of nurses would have been, mm-hmm. wouldn't they, really, to these um, well-born children. Mm-hmm. Um, so this um, bit of the book, so they're still on the ship, and um, Phoebe's been called away to um, to help Ianth, who yeah. is. Um, Who's also feeling very bad. Oh, she needed her stays on most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sydney's just looking after. We've all been there. Yeah, Sydney's just looking after, looking after Edmund, and Edmund's asked um, for his button. And then Tom, Tom comes in at this point. So this is Edmund. I want my button. Wailed Edmund, diving deeper into the blankets. Never knew, no, knew such a caught brain boy. Fumed Sir Nugent. Can't get another word out of him. It's my belief he hasn't brought it with him. What's more, I don't see what it would be it would be the bit of use to him if he could find it. Well I put it to you, Ord. Would you want a button in such a case? <laughs> oh no, children often have a liking for odd toys, said Tom. I did myself. Give him one of your own buttons. Dash it, I haven't got any. A dreadful possibility reared its head. You don't mean cut one off. Lord, why not? Tom said impatiently. Sir Nugent reeled under the shock, but rallied. You cut one off, he countered. Not me, replied Tom crudely. This is the only suit of clothes I have, thanks to you. Besides, I'm not the boy's papa-in-law. Well, he won't um, have it. I am either, so he doesn't signify. To own the truth, I'd as leafy I wasn't. Dashed embarrassing. You must agree to have a son-in-law telling everyone I'm a bad man. So they have this horrible journey on the boat, yeah. and then they arrive in in Cali, presumably. Um, but from this point on, you know, it's getting quite fractious between Edmund and Sir Nugent. And yeah. is still knocked up. She's in bed with that influenza we were talking yeah. about earlier. Um, Phoebe and Tom are trying to work out what to do next, but they're a bit stuck. Yeah. Sir Nugent suffers another loss. His gold tassels it's tassels yeah oh my god apparently he's got some amazing gold tassels on his boots he's designed his boots himself yeah yeah he does designs a lot of things himself doesn't he um and and edmund we find out uh chopped them off um and edmund's got some great lines in in these bits really there's a point where he's downstairs and and at this point sylvester has arrived he's caught up with them so they're not actually in france that long before sylvester catches up with them so, so Nugent and Edmund are having a little battle and Edmund says perhaps your Uncle Resto will nap in the run and 
Tom gave a shout of laughter, but Phoebe scooped Edmund up and bore him off. Edmund, pleased by the success of his audacious sally, twinkled engagingly at Tom over her shoulder, but was heard to say before the door closed, We reins do not like to be carried. <laughs> How adorable. He's <laughs> cutie. I think he's six, isn't he? Yeah. But anyway, at this point, um, Sylvester's on the scene. He's not travelling in the style to which he's accustomed, because no. he had to hurry it. Hurry over. And he's not using his real name either. No, because he wants to keep things quiet. Mr. Salford, I think. Mr. Rain. Mr. Rain, So he manages to convince Yanth that he's going to take Edmund home. Yeah. So at this point, Yanth and Sir Nugent are going off to Paris and everyone else is heading back to Blighty. Now we should say that all is not well between Sylvester and Phoebe still. Oh no. Because no when, means. when he first turns up, she he thinks that she's part of the whole thing. Mm. In you know, encouraged mm-hmm. by Anth to do to make this move, and is helping her do it. Is helping her steal Edmund away from him. Yeah, I think that's a slightly ridiculous accusation he makes at her at that point. He seems to think that not only did she write an unfortunate book, that she's somehow masterminding this kidnap plot. I guess it was the heat of the moment. Yeah, and they just he's totally angry. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very frosty trip. Yeah. Back to Dover, isn't it? And she is really put out by having to oh, rely yeah. on Sylvester. They're really angry with each other at this point. Yeah. And then when they get back to England, Phoebe and Sylvester have an all-out yeah do- doozy, a doozy of an argument. They have a big argument. So let's have a look at that bit. So Phoebe's returned back, um, but Lady Ingham isn't at the inn anymore. She's gone home. Yeah. So they're before. in. Dover again. Yeah. 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 Um, but she's just received a letter from Lady Ingham and it obviously wasn't a particularly pleasant one to read. Well, she turned her head towards the window startled. She had never heard Sylvester speak so roughly and wondered why he should do so. You may as well tell me. Your face has already informed me that it's not a pleasant missive. No, she said. She supposed me, when she wrote this, to have persuaded Tom to take me home. I think Martha must have encouraged her to think it to be rid of me. She's very jealous of me. She may even have believed me to be running away with Tom. That, that was my fault. Unnecessary to tell me that. You have a genius for bringing trouble upon yourself. She looked at him for a moment, hurt and surprise in her eyes, and then turned away and walked over to the fire. It seemed so needlessly cruel and so unlike him to taunt her when he knew her to be distressed that she felt bewildered. It was certainly a taunt, but there had been no mockery in his voice, only anger. What she had done to revive his furious resentment she could not imagine. She found it a little difficult to speak, but managed to say, I'm afraid I have. I seem always to be tumbling into a scrape. Hoydenish, my mother-in-law, as used to call me, and did her best to teach me prudence and propriety. I wish she had succeeded. You are not alone in that wish, he said savagely. The harsh, angry voice was having its inevitable effect on her. She began to feel sick, inwardly shivering, and was obliged to sit down, digging her nails into the palm of her hands. You tumbled into a scrape, as you were pleased to call it, when I first made your acquaintance, he continued. It would be more correct to say that you flung yourself into it, just as you flung yourself aboard that ship. If you choose to behave like a hoyden, it is your own affair. That is never enough for you. You don't scruple to embroil others in your scrapes. Tom has been a victim. I have been one. My God, have I not. And now it is your grandmother. Does she cast you off? Do you think yourself hardly used? You have no one but yourself to thank the eels you have brought on your own head. She listened to this tirade, rigid with shock, scarcely able to believe that it was Sylvester and not a stranger who hurled these bitter accusations at her. The thought flitted across her brain that he was deliberately feeding his wrath it was overborne by her own anger, which le- leaped from a tiny spark to a blaze. He said suddenly, before she could speak, No, no, it's of no use. Sparrow, Sparrow, 
She hardly heard him. She said in a voice husky with passion, I have one other person to thank. It is yourself, my Lord Duke. It was your arrogance that caused me to make you the model for my villain. But for you, I should never have run away from my home. But for you, no one need have known I was the author of that book. But for you, I should not have flung myself aboard that schooner. You are the cause of every ill that has befallen me. You say I ill-used you. If I did, you are wonderfully revenged, for you have ruined me. To her astonishment and indeed indignation, he gave the oddest laugh. As she glared at him, he said in the strangest voice she had heard, Have I? Well, if that's so, I will make reparation. Will you do me the honour, Miss Marlowe, of accepting my hand in marriage? Thus Sylvester, an accomplished flirt, making his first proposal. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He's obviously just, like, it's all come up again, and he's, oh, yeah. he's angry. And he's trying to fight, like, to yeah. build that anger. Yeah, so he's, like he's trying to press the buttons, isn't yeah. he? And, and she yeah. gets that for a moment as well in that passage, doesn't she? She realises he's trying to build yeah. himself into that passion. Yeah, because he doesn't want to feel... I guess he doesn't want to feel what he feels for her, does he? Yeah. She, he's in love with her and he doesn't want to feel that. No. So he, he, want, you know, he wants to get back that anger. But then, before they manage to come to a passionate resolution in this argument, Tom walks in, right? Yeah. Oh. I know. The one time I'm not pleased to see Tom. Yeah. I don't know what would have... Yeah. I don't know what would it have, yeah. would it have led to that. I don't know. I'm thinking an angry kiss. Maybe. It needed to culminate in an angry kiss. Yeah. But anyway, Tom shows up. They leave for London or oh, in I'm gonna say high dudgeon. Yeah. He she refuses to travel yeah. with him in the chase, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say it was a tense journey to London. Yeah. Off the back of that argument. But when they get there they drop off Tom Ord. And yeah. then Sylvester has some alone time with Phoebe. Yeah. Much to Phoebe's indignation. Oh yeah, she is not happy at all. Yeah. Oh. Sylvester brings her back to Lady Ingham's house in London. Hmm. But um, I guess Sylvester's been doing a bit of thinking on the journey because he mounted into the chase and almost before the door was shut, grasped Phoebe's hand, saying, Phoebe, you must listen to me. I know I made Richard work of it. I can't explain it to you now. There is too little time, but I won't let you go like this. You can't think I would ask you to marry me in jest or to insult you. You've already told me that you never meant to ask me, she replied, trying to pull her hands away. I fancy you'll be truly thankful when you've recovered from the mortification of having your suit rejected that I didn't snap at so brilliant an offer. Will you please to release me, my Lord Duke? But I love you, he said, gripping her hands rather more tightly. You're very obliging, but I cannot return your affection, sir. I'll make you, he promised. Oh no, you will not return, Phoebe, thoroughly ruffled. Will you let me go? If you have no more conduct than to behave in this fashion in the middle of the street, I have. Make me love you indeed. If I were not so angry, I could laugh to think how exactly I hit him off when I wrote a Galeno. But try as he might to appear conciliating, he could not open his lips without betraying his arrogance. Do you call it arrogance when I tell you that I love you and wish to make you my wife, he demanded. Yes, and folly too. You've never suffered a rebuff, have you, Duke? So she's still not having it. No. No, but I think it's quite that bit. She wants him <clears throat> to... She basically wants him to argue with her and to convince her. Yeah. Now, things aren't looking great at this point for Phoebe, I suppose. She, or no. Sylvester. She's back in London in the midst of all the... Yeah. The shame that was attached to her name there. Yeah. Her grandma's really angry with her. And then it was an icy reception. Yes. And then the next morning gets a invitation. Yeah, from the Duchess. From the Duchess, who was in London. Yeah, so Sylvester's mum, the Duchess, has come down to London because she's heard about goings-on at the ball. 
Yes, and and also Edmund was kidnapped. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so she, he's in London. She's in London, and wants to meet Phoebe. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe's getting very nervous about this. Oh my God, you would be. That's imagine that's the circumstance that you find yourself meeting your prospective mother-in-law. Yeah, and Ooh. she thinks, oh, she can't possibly know that she wrote the book. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So she, with much trepidation, she goes. Mm to uh, meet Elizabeth. Yeah, and she's barely over the threshold before she confesses that she wrote the book. Yeah. And the Duchess is like, oh, yeah. I know. I know. I know. And then he's very kind to her. Yeah. And basically it's her that makes Phoebe believe that Sylvester is in love with her. Yeah, well, she totally Cyrano de Bergerac's it, really, doesn't she? Like, yeah. She's just saying, oh, you know... It, please take him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like some grandchildren, please. Um, and she's kind of saying he's he's never called anyone a darling before. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much they planned this together, her and her, Sylvester. No, because Sylvester has confessed the whole to her, yeah. hasn't he? And oh, and that was a nice bit. So when Sylvester's talking to his, his mother, he says, um, she, oh, his mum asks him, will I like her? And Sylvester says, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So rather than, so from the beginning of the book where he's asking his mum to choose a bride for her, he's now saying, yeah. it's her. And I don't really care if you like her or not. Yeah. Her. And I think the Duchess is quite pleased with that, yeah. isn't she? Because yeah, definitely. it obviously shows that he's fallen in love. Yeah. Properly. And yeah. And then I think so she says, um, so will you see him now? And yeah. people are like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't yeah. know. Um, and then she makes a decision for her. Yes, because she because she says <laughs> right, ring if, the bell. If I ring the bell once and Sylvester will come, if I ring the bell twice, then the carriage will come round and you can just leave without seeing him. But then she just rings about once. once. <laughs> and then I think at that point, um, Sylvester knows that yeah. she's going to say yes. Yes, thank God. Yeah. You can't have a third proposal, right, that goes yeah. wrong. So let's have a look at the actual denouement. So they're making some awkward chit-chat in the room, or Phoebe's trying to anyway. Um, and this is in Sylvester's library. What's, what's a pleasant room? She achieved, looking about her. Yes, and what a number of books I have, haven't I? Said Sylvester affably, closing the door. No, I have not, I believe. Read them all. I wasn't going to say either of those things, she declared, trying hard not to giggle. Pray, sir, what is it you wish to say to me? Just my darling, said Sylvester, taking her into his arms. It was quite useless to struggle, and probably undignified. Besides, it was a well-known maxim that maniacs must be humoured. So Miss Marlowe humoured this dangerous lunatic, putting her arm round his neck, and even going so far as to return his embrace. She then leaned her cheek against his shoulder and said, Oh, Sylvester. Oh, Sylvester. Which appeared to give great satisfaction. Sparrow, Sparrow, said Sylvester, holding her still more tightly. Convinced by the great good sense of this reply that the head of the House of Rain had recovered his wits, Phoebe heaved a sigh of relief and offered a further palliative. I didn't mean that wicked thing I said to you. Which one, my precious? inquired Sylvester, relapsing into idiocy. That's that you're worse than a galuno. I wonder you didn't hit me. You know very well I wouldn't hurt a hair of your head, Sparrow. I'm sure this is a very smart hat, but do allow me to remove it, he said, pulling the bow loose as he spoke and casting the hat aside. That's better. I can't marry you after writing that book, she said, softening the blow, however, by clinging rather closer. You not only can, but must, if I have to drag you to the altar. How else, pray, is my character to be re-established? Oh, sweet. So there we go. And they all live happily ever after. <laughs> I like the fact that his approach that time is just less talking, more snogging. Yeah. Fair enough. They yeah. don't do that well with talking to each other. So. <laughs> it's so. going to be a nice fiery marriage, isn't it? Yeah. With a few run-ins. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And 
I think the Duchess says, um, you know, that they both they're both going to improve each other, yeah. aren't they? So I'm not sure how he's going to improve her. How's he going to improve her? Well, I don't know. No, well, I guess <laughs> I guess maybe make, make him more confident. She's yeah. by giving her shell a bit much more money. Yeah, she's he's going to make her so much richer. Yeah, <laughs> he's always appreciated. Um, yeah, and and he, she, she's going to improve him by showing a bit more kindness to. Yeah. fellow man and less arrogance and yeah. less pride lovely lovely um we haven't by the way covered my favorite chat up line in all time which is in this book Go on. so this goes back quite a bit in the book um while phoebe and sylvester are still in london and uh phoebe is riding around London on a really bad horse. Oh yeah, and she deserves better. And uh, Sylvester says to her, "Will you let me mount you while you're in town?" Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Straight to the point, yeah. Sylvester. She I was just... she was so astonished she could only stare at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my reaction. It doesn't matter how many times I read this book. I mm. still find, "Will you let me mount you?" A funny line. Yeah. Yeah, how old are we? Yeah. 37. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and that's all for our discussion of Sylvester. Thanks for joining us. Next time, what are we going to be reading, Rach? Um, do we decide Arabella? Ooh, yeah, Arabella. I think that was one of my early ones, that's good. It's one of my favourites, Arabella. Oh, great, okay. Good. It should be a good one. Alright. There's good. a dog, there's a kid. <laughs> These are your necessities for a good book. Absolutely. (laughs) Dog and a child. Excellent. So also, we just wanted to let you know that we are on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Georgia Hair Podcast. Or on Twitter at Hair Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you. So give us a follow and get in touch. Tell us what you think, maybe. Yeah. Whether you disagree on any of our opinions. How how could you? (laughs) 